You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. All right, let's take our Bible here tonight and turn to Genesis. Genesis chapter 5. As I said earlier, this is not the message that I was going to preach this morning. I want to save that for another time, as directed by the Lord. Obviously, he shut that down this morning. Actually, to uh, Brother Rich, I text this morning, who in the world is in charge of this weather anyway? Well, we figured out God is. So he has a plan and purpose for tonight. So I went into my office and I said to the Lord, give me some words for my people tonight. And this message came to me. Now, if you know anything about me, you know it takes me a long time to write a message. The message that I'm going to bring to you tonight, God gave me in an hour and 45 minutes from start to finish. I can't remember any time in all my years of ministry that God has ever so quickly given me a message to give to you. But it was very clear that this is what he wanted me to do tonight. As I finished this message, I thought, you know, this is really a message that every single Christian in America needs to hear. So I hope everyone in America is tuning in tonight on live stream. But those of you who are joining us by live stream tonight, we're glad that you're here. And I hope that the things that God gave me this afternoon, that God will bless your heart with tonight. I want to ask you a question. When are we going to get serious about walking with God? What's it going to take? When are we really going to get serious about walking with God? And then I have one more question to ask you before we get started. And the question is this. Are you walking with God tonight? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I believe that this message came directly through your Holy Spirit to me earlier today. We thank you for the word of God. And Father, this is a very serious subject that we pick up here tonight and ponder and think about and make application of. And so I pray that you would use it and you would bless it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 5, we'll begin with verse 21, talking about Enoch. And Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God. After he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Now let's go over one chapter into Genesis chapter 6 and let's pick up with the life of Noah. Beginning with verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man 
on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But, aren't you thankful for the buts of scripture? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generation. And Noah what? Walked with God. In the first few chapters of the book of Genesis, we have two men that walked with God. When you come to the end of your life, and I know that for a lot of you that's even difficult to comprehend and to think about and that seldom if ever even crosses your mind because we have so many young people here in our church. But the older you get, the more you think about the end of life. And as you think about the end of life, how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? Perhaps you would say, well, I would like to be remembered for all my admirable qualities like I have. You know, I'm such a humble person. I hope people remember my humility. Or maybe you want to be remembered for your kindness or for your love or for your generosity or for your knowledge and for your wisdom. Maybe you would say, you know, I'd like to be remembered for the skills and the abilities that I possess. Maybe some of you would say, well, I would, I would like to be remembered for the way I have been able to relate to others. And so there's a number of things that I'm sure cross our mind when we really stop to think about how do I want to be remembered when I die? What do you want the preacher to say about you when you're laying in the coffin? What do you want other people to give a tribute to you about? What do you want your children to say about you after you're gone? I want to mention a few names and I want you to tell me. Go ahead and just respond to me tonight as to what you think when I give you this name. Hitler. Bad. Murderer. How about Michael Jordan? Greatest basketball player that ever lived. Comes to our mind. How about George Washington? Our first president. How about Abraham Lincoln? Yes, freed the slaves. Brought an end to the Civil War. Martin Luther. Reformer, the great reformer. Thank God for Martin Luther. Solomon, wisest man that ever lived. Billy Graham, evangelist that probably brought more people to Christ than any other evangelist in the history of the world. Michelangelo, great artist, Sistine Chapel. Beethoven. Neil Armstrong, Columbus, (laughs) 
Not Columbus, Ohio, I'm sorry. Shakespeare. Lewis and Clark. Explorers. I could go on and on, couldn't I? Mentioning the names of men that stand out in our mind and their accomplishments. But I don't think I'm wrong in saying this for a believer. The greatest compliment, the greatest recognition that you and I could ever be given is that they walked with God. We can accomplish a lot of things in this life, but the greatest accomplishment for the Christian is that he or she walked with God. When I'm dead and gone and my funeral is taking place, I want my children to stand around my coffin and say, my dad walked with God. That is the most important thing to me. These two men walked with God. So what does it mean? What does it mean to walk with God? Well, I think it means that God becomes the center and the focus of your life. In everything that you do and everything you say and even bringing your thoughts into the captivity of the obedience to Christ. He becomes the central focus of our relationships, of our finances, of our plans, and every other area of life. It's all about Him. It's not about us. Coming up in the next few weeks, if the Lord allows me to preach this message, I'm going to preach a message, Are You Full of Yourself?, we are living in a generation, this millennial generation, they are full of themselves. Here are two men that were full of God. And the Bible says they walked with God. Enoch was a man who walked with God until God said, come on home. A man that never saw death because he had such a close walk with God. He didn't always have a close walk with God. The Bible tells us that he was 65 years of age before he begat his first son, Methuselah. And if there is one thing that will drive you to walk with God, it's when children start coming along. <laughs> Amen? Amen. So he's 65 years of age, his first son is born, and he realizes, I need to walk with God. And he lived 365 years, and for 300 years, the Bible says he had a consistent walk with God until the day God says, come on home to heaven with me. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 5. It tells us that he was a righteous man who did not die because he lived a life that pleased God. 
Think about that. A righteous man that did not die because he had such a close walk and relationship with the Lord and he pleased the Lord in his life, but the Lord just took him home. Listen to the verse. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Where'd dad go? They never found him. Isn't that something? They looked and they looked and they looked for him. They filed a missing persons report. No one could find him. Because God translated him. And he was translated, he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him for, for this reason. For before his translation, he had this testimony. This was the testimony of his life. He pleased God. What is the testimony of my life? What is the testimony of your life? Do you have the testimony that Enoch had? He walked with God and he pleased God. And because of this, God translated him and took him to heaven before he was even able to experience death. Many times you've heard me share some of these verses. And ask you this question, what is your goal in life? Well, according to the word of God, our goal in life is to please him. In everything we say, in everything that we do, in everything that we think. And so we have to ask ourselves, come on church, we have to ask ourselves the question tonight, am I pleasing the Lord with my life? If you're not pleasing the Lord, then you're not walking with him. The Bible said, furthermore, then we beseech you, brother, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are, and they were created. You were created for God's pleasure. You were saved to please him with your life. Unless we are pleasing him, we are not walking in fellowship with him. So for someone to say... I'm walking closer to the Lord than I have ever walked with him is really a misnomer. Either you are walking with the Lord or you're not walking with him. Either you are living a life that's pleasing to the Lord or your life is not pleasing to him. It's either one or the other. In Genesis chapter 6, I read this passage about Noah and how Noah was a just man. He was perfect in his generation. In what kind of generation did he live? And he walked with God. There's two things that I notice about Noah here. He was committed to personal holiness. That personal holiness issue has is all but gone out the window today in our Christian church. But he was committed to personal holiness. Today, as we were listening to 
church there in uh, California. Brother Treber. The name of the church just slipped my mind. North Valley Baptist Church. Their song service lasted an hour and five minutes. Their entire service was an hour and 40 minutes. Over 2,000 people attend that church. At the end of the message, Pastor Treber looked at his people. Been pastoring there over 40 years. He looked at his people and he said, I want a church that's committed to holiness. I want women to look like women. I want men to look like men. I want my people to walk with God. You don't hear that much anymore. But Noah was committed to personal holiness in his life. He was a just man. The next thing I noticed about Noah is that he resisted temptation. He was perfect in his generation. Well, what kind of generation was it? As bad, if not worse, than the generation in which we presently live. Committed to holiness. He had a resistance to sin and temptation. And that produced this close walk with God. Why don't you think about it? His generation was so bad. That listen to what the Bible says. The Lord saw that the what? Wickedness of man. Come on church. Was what? Great. God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. Now notice this statement. And that every imagination. Corrupt even in their thought life. That every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The generation in which he lived, I believe, is very similar to the generation in which we now live. I have never seen a generation more wicked and more corrupt than the generation that now exists. It's so very sad to me. Remember what Luke said? As it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, would you finish it with me? So shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. So just prior to the coming of our Lord and Savior, it will be as it was in the days of Noah, and it will be as it was in the days of Lot. Not just anyone, church family, can walk with God. Enoch did. Noah did. But not just anyone can walk with God. You have to meet the criteria. And as I just, I mean, it didn't take me long this afternoon to say, Lord, well, what is the criteria? And immediately... Seven things came to my mind. Seven things that you and I have to do if 
we want to walk with God as Enoch walked with God and as Noah walked with God. And listen to me, don't use this wicked generation as an excuse of why not to walk with God. We can live above the filth and the rot and the wickedness that's in this world. So I want you to jot down these seven things. And isn't it interesting that there's seven. Seven criteria to walking with God. If you miss any one of these, you'll not have a close walk with the Lord. Number one, you must, you must. This is the first and most essential requirement. You must be born again. You must be born again. Many will say to me in that day, many will profess. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will say to them, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, I never knew you. I am under the opinion that we have many within our Christian churches today that are not Christians. They are not truly born again. They have a prof profession, but they do not have a possession. There's a huge difference. It is easy to profess. It is a whole other thing to really possess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your personal Savior. But as many as receive him, to them gave he the power to become the what? Sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. No relationship with God can be had apart from salvation. Once you have truly believed and you have truly received forgiveness of sins, then your walk with God can begin. Amen? But make sure you are born again. Number two, you need to learn to listen to God. If you're going to have a close walk and relationship with the Lord, you need to listen to God. He that hath ears to hear, let him what? Hear. Tune in. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they what? They follow me. A stranger they will not follow, for they know not the voice of a stranger. I'm telling you, there are so many false voices out there in this world today. We need to learn to tune in to God's voice. And the only way I know to tune in to His voice is to tune in to this word right here. The message I was going to preach this morning is... A message God gave me last Sunday when I was sitting home waiting to watch live stream here at Fellowship. And I was reading the book of Proverbs in chapter 4. Where Solomon is trying to instruct his son on how to live his life in such a way that would be pleasing to the Lord. Solomon only had one son that we know of recorded in scripture. His name was Rehoboam. 
And though Solomon sought to instill in his son the word of God by over and over again saying, My son, listen to the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. Rehoboam refused to listen. He wouldn't listen to his father's instruction that came directly from the word of God. And he would not listen to the prophet of God. You may remember when he became king, the prophet of God said, after the nation was divided because of his rebellion, the prophet of God said, do not go and fight against your brethren in Israel. But by the next chapter... Jeroboam has now entered into civil war with Jeroboam. And for 17 years, 17 years, there was civil war in the nation of Israel. And thousands of men lost their lives because one man would not listen to God. God was trying to speak to him through his father. God was trying to speak to him through the preacher. But he would not listen to his father. He would not listen to the preacher. And what devastation took place in Israel and Judah because he would not listen to God. I'm here to tell you today I can't think of anything that's more important than listening to God. The time you spend alone with God is absolutely critical to your walk with God. You've heard it over and over again. Your time reading this word, of studying this word, of meditating on this word, of memorizing this word, of taking time to pray, it's absolutely essential. The Bible says that we're to seek Him daily. Not just on Sunday, not just occasionally, we are to seek Him daily. We're to receive instruction and guidance from our Lord on a daily basis. When we put this word in our heart daily, then the Holy Spirit can take the word of God and he can remind us as we go about the day. He can remind us of God's ways. He can give us God's wisdom and he will point us in the right direction. As many as are the sons of God, the Bible says are led by the Spirit of God. Are you listening to Him? Are you saved? Are you sure you're saved? And are you listening to the Lord? The third requirement for Walking with God is that you need to learn how to start trusting Him. We put so much trust and confidence in ourselves or in others. It's about time to shift that and start putting our confidence and our trust in the Lord. My life's verse, most of you know it. Trust in the Lord with what? How much? Lean not unto thine own understanding. 
In all thy ways acknowledge him. He will direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. It's my life's verse. We have to start living by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to what? Please him. Enoch pleased God. Noah pleased God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Could you imagine building an ark for 120 years and God telling you it's going to rain and it's never rained? You don't even know what it is. That's faith. There's something that the Lord says about faith. It starts the size of what? Starts the size of a grain of a mustard seed. My mother always had a spice rack that hung above our stove. And I don't know if my mom ever used any spices out of that spice rack. The only thing that I ever saw it doing is collecting grease and dust. And about once a year, my mom would clean them off. So I, th- I think it was just there for decoration. But one of them was labeled mustard seed. And I'd always see those little tiny mustard seeds. If I had one of those mustard seeds right here tonight, I actually looked in our spot. We don't have them in ours. So I was going to bring one tonight. How many have a mustard seed at their house? Any of you? Some of you do? I have no idea what they use those things for. But If I had one right here and I was holding it right here, probably you wouldn't even be able to see it. But you know, our faith has to start somewhere. And though your faith may be very small in the beginning, I'm here to tell you when you start trusting the Lord and the Lord starts, starts showing himself strong on your behalf, you know what happens to that mustard seed? Wow, does it ever grow. It actually grows into the size of a tree in which even the birds can find haven in during the times of storm. So let me ask you a question. Are you trusting the Lord? Is your faith growing? If your faith is not growing, you're not walking. So you have to be saved. You have to be listening. And you have to be trusting. The next thing, if you want to have a close walk with the Lord, you need to start agreeing with God and stop debating with Him and stop arguing with Him. Can I I tell you something? God doesn't debate with you. God doesn't argue with you. You know what God says? Thus saith the Lord. No debate. No argument. If you are in disagreement with God concerning the way He is directing your life, if you think you know better... Then God does. Let me just tell you something. You're as foolish as they come. I'm sorry if this word offends you, but it's a Bible word. Ignorant. Do not be ignorant, brethren. My dad would always say that's the largest denomination in the world. The denomination of the ignorant brethren. How foolish to think that we know better on how our lives should be lived than God does. Foolish, foolish, foolish. And you know what happens when 
we live our lives in argumentation and debate with the Lord and just not agreeing with Him but going our own way. Have you ever noticed that things really never work out quite well? Now some of you don't believe what the preacher is saying right now. Give it time, you will. In my life, I've never seen it work out well for anyone. It will not work out well for you. Be not wise in thine own eyes. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of what? Death. God's word tells us that we are to follow the Lord, that we're not to follow our limited understanding. By the way, who is omniscient anyway? I didn't hear you what? No, that's what I thought too. You ever notice how so many teenagers think they're omniscient? God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're so high above us that the wisest thing for us to do is just to, to agree with God and say, yes, sir. Now, I've never been in the military, but uh, I would assume that those of you who have been in the military didn't do a whole lot of debate and argumentation. I kind of got the idea that whatever you were told to do, you pretty much did it. Whether you saw or agreed with why you should do the thing. You ever, you ever notice how we try to get God to align himself with us? Instead of us aligning ourselves with him. You got to be saved. You got to start listening. You got to start trusting. You got to start just agreeing with God and saying yes sir. Number five. You want to have a walk with the Lord. You got to start obeying him. You got to obey him. You can't have a walk with the Lord and at the same time live in disobedience with him. I don't think there's anyone here tonight that would say, you know what, I, I disagree with God. I disagree with his word. But if you're not obeying him, isn't that exactly what you're doing? I, I'm, I'm telling you. I wrestled with the Lord over this because I have read these verses so many times. I'm like, really, Lord, do I have to do this again? And guess what the Lord said? Be obedient. John 14. Verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, 
And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and notice this last statement, and will manifest. I will manifest myself to him. Don't you think that's kind of in the same category as I will walk with him? I will reveal myself to him. I will reveal myself to her. No, you cannot have a walk with God and at the same time be living in disobedience. We should do what the Lord says. Amen. We should do it when he tells us to do it. Amen. And we should do it how he tells us to do it. even though we may not fully understand. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't understand. But I just say, Lord, that's what you've told me to do. And I'm just going to do it. I'm going to leave it with you. Obedience needs to become our lifestyle. Every morning, every morning when we get up, our intention should be to surrender to the Lord that day. Do I have to keep fishing for amens? I know all you on live stream are amening there in your living room. I know you are. It's a hard crowd here tonight. I'm going to say it again. Every morning when you wake up, your intention should be to surrender to the Lord for that day. I'm going to trust the Lord today. I'm going to look to the Lord for guidance today. I'm going to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit today. I'm going to align myself with the Lord today. I'm going to walk in the same direction with the Lord today. I'm going to stay close to the Lord today. And He shall direct thy paths. Number six. Okay, we're not too far away from the end. Number six. You have to forsake sin. We sin every day. At least I do. You've got a sinning preacher. And we sin every day, whether it be just in our thought life. But when God puts his finger of conviction upon that sin, we need to forsake it. He that covereth his sin will not what? Will not prosper. Will not happen. But we are so prone as David did, to cover our sin. Do you remember Psalm chapter 51? When David tried to cover his sin, what happened? What did he lose? Lost his fellowship with God. Lost his what? Lost his joy of the salvation that the Lord had given to him. He said, day and night the hand of the Lord was heavy upon me. Covering sin doesn't work too well. And one thing I've noticed about trying to cover sin is God has a way of pulling off the covers. Have you ever noticed that? Shared with someone just the other day. We were working through a situation together. I said, you know what? They're just trying to cover their tracks. God sees the tracks that have been covered. 
be sure your sin will find you out. That's what we talked about what, last week in living in the fear of God. To walk with God means you've got to have a clean heart. Do you agree, church? You've got to have a clean heart. That's why in Psalm 51, David said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Whenever we sin, whether it's in thought or in action, we need to deal with it immediately, not cover it up and say we'll deal with it later. And I've also noticed something else about sin. When you try to cover it up, it really does grow. No, don't try to cover it up. Deal with it immediately. And that, let me say this, just a disclaimer. Our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. <clears throat> so you know what you need to do? You need to do it just like David said. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Where am I trying to cover up sin? Search me, O God, and know my heart, and lead me in the way everlasting. You cannot have a walk with the Lord and have unconfessed sin in your life. And number seven, and we'll be done. And how many times have I preached on this? And I want some of you to look. Some of you are sleeping here tonight. Don't, don't sleep on the preacher. Seriously. I don't know. Pansy can remember so many things that I can't. Phil, how, how can you put up with her when she has such a good memory? Yeah. Couldn't even tell you how many times I've preached on this. Keep your conscience clear. You cannot walk with God without having a clear conscience. The Bible talks about a good conscience, a pure conscience, a clean conscience, and a clear conscience. Paul said in Acts 24, 16, And herein do I exercise myself. And I'm going to ask you tonight to exercise yourselves in this area. To, have, to always, always have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. Is there anyone you need to go to tonight and say, I was wrong, will you please forgive me? Someone that you need to clear your conscience with tonight. Let me tell you, it's an awesome thing to have a pure conscience. Are you ready? This is the most important part of the message right now. Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? Do you know for sure? Are you listening to him? Are you trusting him? Are you agreeing with him? Yes, sir. Are you living in obedience? Are you forsaking sin? And is your conscience clear? 
If you meet those seven criteria, what are you doing? You're walking with God. You're an Enoch and you're a Noah. So in light of all of these criterias, can you say tonight, let's get honest, can you say tonight, I'm walking with God. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.